everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Complete This Game video game podcast club podcast thing. <laughs> I'm uh, Gerard Khalil, the completionist, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by patreon.com slash the completionist. If you want to support the podcast today, head over there right now and sign up in the uh, tier that's listed for the podcast. Doing so allows you to be a part of the conversation which we're going to have today. And today's game, my friends, is God of War. Now, before we dive into God of War, we're going to talk about uh, the news of the gaming world right now. First off, happy 2020. I know that I'm a little behind in these podcast deliveries. During the holidays, we didn't have much news to talk about with regards to gaming stuff, but I do want to talk about a couple of things that are going on right now in the world today with regards to video games and how everyone's really talking about things. I know that we recently got the announcement of a new Fire Emblem character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate with, with Byleth. I personally haven't played it yet, but I know that the announcement was very controversial because it's adding another Fire Emblem character to the zeitgeist of Fire Emblem characters that is in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. But personally, more characters is more characters, and I want to see and play as everyone that's available. So I don't mind it that much. I think some of the biggest news to come out of the year so far within January and February is the delay of games. We have a lot of games that were about to come out in March and April that got pushed to uh, a couple of weeks, to months, to even the end of the year. Final Fantasy VII Remake got pushed to April, which I'm kind of okay with considering how much is on our plate come March and April. Cyberpunk also got pushed to later on this year. And I know there's a whole slew of games I'm missing out on that also got delayed, but if we're talking about gaming news from that perspective, it's not too bad right now. So before we start uh, talking about the game, I want to talk to you guys directly about what I'm doing with my life and YouTube. And if you guys at home are listening to this, if anyone's listening to this, please just listen, c comment, tweet at me, message me on discords. Uh, I want to have a conversation because as this new year starts, I'm looking at my life from a very high point of view looking down. And this almost has nothing to do with uh, God of War at all, but it is important to me because I feel that a lot of you know who I am and are listening to this because of my reputation as the completionist. So I've been doing YouTube for about nine years now, and it's something that I'm so grateful for. It'll be nine years in September. And in that nine year spec of me doing this career of completing a game a week, uh, doing Super Beard Brothers every single day, traveling all over the world, doing the live shows from last year and this year soon, doing charity events like Indie Land and working with other indie groups, meeting with awesome celebrities that are my friends now. But I can't help but get sad when I think about the future of what I'm doing because while YouTube is constantly changing and the zeitgeist of what we do online is constantly changing, no one tells me that I can't make videos when I want to or that I can't have a voice online on social media or that I can't talk about anything. I could theoretically talk about politics and hot takes and just whatever I want out there in the space. I could make videos of any type that I want on my channels. But I think what really strikes me as someone who struggles to deal with a lot of the success a lot of the time is that I feel that I've lost a lot of who I am as a person because of these invisible silences that I've kind of endured. So I want to share a little story today that I've been thinking about a lot the last couple of months and I can't seem to shake it as I get older and move on to the next year. So in 2015, a lot of you know that uh, I had a big falling out with Greg, my former friend, and it was ugly and bad, and I was painted a villain for many, many years. 
I often would not talk about it. I often would just ignore it because I was focusing on making content and moving on and growing the business. And, you know, when you have uh, 19 people who are relying on you, 19 now, but it wasn't back then that big. When you have that many people relying on you, your train of thought is to just keep pushing forward and kind of block out the negativity. But something happened to me that I can't seem to have recovered from. And what that is, is my information was doxxed. I got my cell phone number and my parents' address and my office all publicly put out there and people showed up to my house. It felt awful. Now, that happened in 2015. Obviously, things have evolved from everything that happened between Greg and myself. All the videos got taken down. I've moved forward with my life to create more content, work on different projects like Big Bad Bosses. In 2019, my information got doxxed again, twice actually, two different times. One was related to a YouTuber that I'm very closely associated with on the normal boot side. And the other was a result of the E3 2019 media press dump. And this time around, I had a lot more aggression, a lot more frustration, a lot more anger towards the treatment that I received. Because when when you are attacked on the scale that I am, this scale I say in, in imaginary air quotes, scale of what people think of you, whether you have 100,000 subscribers or a million subscribers or 10 million subscribers, people forget that you are a person with feelings and thoughts and opinions and they just want blood. They want revenge. They want to antagonize. They want to hurt. They want to make you feel small. And as YouTube grows as a platform and, and Twitch grows as a platform and Twitter evolves on social media and Instagram and all these crazy things, you start to look at all those verticals and measure your own personal success to that self-worth. And it's one of the worst things that anyone could ever experience. This sounds like psychobabble, but I swear it's connected to me. YouTube is a search engine. You need to learn how to do something, you go to YouTube or Google. I have been lucky to have seen all my projects take off in successful ways. And when the subscriber climb goes up, 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 up to a million subscribers, you kind of think, oh, the journey is over, I made it. I accomplished something great. But, but what really happens is the goalpost just moves. And you find yourself surrounded on a tiny island with your friends and family who are still willing to put up with you. And you start to look at everything and go, wow, no one actually cares about the person behind all of this. I guess what I'm saying is this. I was doxxed three times in my life on YouTube. I've always been an open and honest person on my Twitch streams, on Twitter, in real life with people. And I lost my identity. I lost my connection to my fans. I'm losing views, but not because my fans aren't watching anymore, but because YouTube is changing things. And I'm not losing views as in my channel's falling apart. My channel's very healthy and it's doing well and it's growing actually. But new views on new videos is, is, is diminishing more and more. I'm a person who loves video games, who loves to make a show about video games and likes to share that passion about the video games that he loves. On one end, I'm too big of a YouTuber to complain about these problems. On the other end, I'm too small to make a difference in the overall grand scheme of things. I got into this business because I wanted to create things and I wanted to share things and I wanted to succeed at creating and sharing things. And I've done that time and time again. I do it every week. I inundate myself with so much work that I truly don't know who I am anymore. 
my privacy and my ability to be intimate in my own home has been taken from me. I can't relate to anyone around me. And I've become a shell of myself. This all sounds very dangerous and scary, and it's not. It's not what I'm trying to get at. I'm not I'm not in trouble. I think it's just I don't get to say these things to the public. I don't get to talk about them. I could, but who wants to listen? Since I started New Game Plus, I've been completing so many more games. We've been making so many more videos, and we've succeeded because of these big changes. But if we slow down from making this content, if we slow down from stopping the train from succeeding, if we don't do eight videos a month now, we hurt the channel, we hurt the business, someone's livelihood's put on the line. Which means that we're always on this proverbial treadmill of YouTube. It's not just YouTube though, it's Twitch, it's social media, it's everything. And while I'm so lucky and so happy to do what I do, I think it just makes me sad because I don't know who I am anymore. And when you see the views go down, when you see the merchandise not get purchased as much, when you see people say bad things about you online, when you see people come to your home and ask you personal questions or call your phone thousands of times a day, you start to really question everything. With that note, I want to talk about a game that resonated with me a lot in 2018. One that... I think everyone ended up loving a lot more than they would thought and expected. Now, I love God of War as a franchise. I've been really involved in the process of playing those games on the channel. I think all of you have seen, or at least did not know about, rather, all of our God of War videos. I've made a video on every God of War except for one, and uh, that's Chains of Olympus. God of War 2018 was directed by Corey Balrog, who I think is really the true hero behind the God of War series for the last several years. I know everyone credits, uh, David Jaffe is like the real creator of it, but I think it really comes down to Cory Barog's heart and soul just exists in Kratos and the way that the story is told. So let's kind of dive into the overall, I guess, behind the scenes aspect of this game. As you guys know, I do a lot of research, but uh, when it comes to this podcast, I try and keep it light. I try and keep it focused. At least I'm trying to keep it that way. So that way we're not sitting there listening to a Wikipedia article, but I'm going to try my best to, you know, kind of pick and pick and select what I think is interesting. So obviously God of War is developed by Sonic So obviously God of War is developed by Santa Monica Studios and published by uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment. It came out exclusively on the PlayStation 4 in April of 2018. It is the eighth God of War game, the eighth chronologically in the story of everything, and it is the first true sequel of God of War 3 from 2010. Now, for those of you who never played the other God of War games, you're kind of lucky because God of War 2018 is truly a reboot of the franchise in the sense that it doesn't get rid of its past. It honors its past, actually, very nicely and carefully. But it also doesn't bog you down with the craziness of having to have played so many games to understand a story. So the true tragedy of Kratos' story is kind of embedded in... Greek mythology and the and, and the Greek gods, right? Kratos is a uh, general for the Spartan army, and he's losing a war, and he needs the help of Ares to overcome this this necessity of, of losing the war. And so Ares kind of basically takes Kratos' soul and turns him into a powerful murdering machine. And so Kratos basically wins on behalf of Sparta and destroys the lands and essentially ends up 
in in a blind murder filled with rage kills his wife and child and his wife and child their ashes get imbued to his skin that's why kratos is white so he is like this the true white ash white he has the ashes of his family inside of him on his skin literally his skin and so god of war one two chains of olympus ascension three goes to sparta those games they all kind of focus in on a few things but the biggest takeaway from it all is that for the longest time kratos has been seen as this like toxic masculinity icon in a way i think people just i think they so they don't think of him but they associate the god of war franchise as brutal and bloody and gross and disgusting and over the top and you know kratos is sleeping with with whores and you know all, all the there's titties everywhere and 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 it's over the top madness, kind of hyper violence, right? Hyper stylized. But I think that's all fantastic for what it is at the time, right? Because that was the rage of when these games came out. Now to look at the evolution of God of War now is what makes God of War 2018 incredible. Kratos is a very tragic character, right? He obviously wanted to protect Sparta and protect his friends and his, and his family and murder everyone and gave his soul to the gods and the gods took advantage of him. You know, obviously Pandora's box corrupted the gods and they all, and he became the god of war and he just brought chaos to everything. And spoiler for all the god of war games, God of War 3 ends with Kratos not only hurting himself, but killing himself rather, trying to kill himself. But he basically took out every god and, and, and titan that existed, kind of giving the cultural appeal as to why gods do not exist to this very day. So you had a tragic character who went from this, I want to save my family, my country, my passion, my, my, my ability to be a warrior, to going crazy, murdering everyone, seeking revenge, and still causing the same amount of pain that he caused from the years before. And so Kratos' full arc in these games, by the end, at least to me, this is all just how I feel and how I think of these games and why I think they're great, is that you have a character that goes, oh, oh, I learned nothing. I killed everyone, and I learned nothing. And I have no wife, I have no kid, I murdered all the gods, and I never got the peace that I thought I would get. And so Kratos, at the end of God of War 3, takes the sword, stabs himself in the stomach, and goes, peace. So you think the game's over with him. But then literally we have God of War 2018 and it's like, what the fuck happened? How is this possible? And more importantly, Kratos has a son now. Now we are in a realm in which we're no longer dealing with Greek gods. We're now dealing with Nordic gods. You know, you're talking about people like Loki and Thor and Odin, which kind of leads all this exciting journey of Kratos getting a fresh start, right? We have seen Kratos go through so much across all these games that when we get caught up to where Kratos is in 2018's God of War, he's changed a lot. You can tell that he has a scar on his stomach still from when he tried to kill himself. You can see the age and wisdom is set in with him. And what better way to start the game? Holy shit. God of War 2018 essentially starts with Kratos honoring his dead wife by lighting her corpse on fire in the appropriate send-off to what you would do with a Nordic god and his son and him honor their wife and mom as she burns to ashes. And the ultimate goal of this game is to take these ashes and spread them on the mountains high. That's it. 
The simplicity of having to just take the ashes of a loved one and go on a journey to send them off just resonates with me so much more. I've been sure a lot as a gamer since I started playing these games, and I think everyone else has too. And I think we all kind of can see that even though there is blood and violence and, and, and nudity, you still feel like this story is between a father and son who are just trying to grieve. Now, the big inciting incident towards all this essentially is Kratos chops down the trees that his wife had marked, and that basically, when he burns them and, and burns her, her body through them, it basically lifts off this veil that there is a god in this Nordic realm that does not belong here, that being Kratos. And so now you have all these Nordic gods and villains coming after Kratos and his son Atreus, and they're forced to go on their adventure, this journey, to not only run and hide from them, but to do what they wanted to do for, you know, to scatter their ashes. What a different journey, what a different experience to think about when we think about God of War. And I think that's why I love these games so much, because they have these connective pieces of heart and trust and soul, despite the violence and, and the nudity and, and the, the overall badassness to it, right? I think there's always been this underlying wonderful essence to Kratos as a character. Now, this game sold incredibly well, well over 10 million copies by 2019, and we know for a fact that they are working on a sequel. One of the biggest changes about God of War 2018 is the combat. Obviously, we went from the Blades of Chaos to now this more refined Leviathan axe-throwing uh, situation, which at first I was very nervous about because I loved the fast-paced combat, but this combat is incredible. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like anything we've seen before out of Kratos and, and really other franchises of, of what's going on. And I think it's fantastic to see Kratos over the shoulder fight all these these crazy looking Nordic enemies with fire and brimstone. It's just, it's so cool. Having Atreus be a part of the team and really help his, his father is, is such a fascinating experience because usually you're just kind of by yourself and, and Kratos is kind of filled with rage, right? And he's murdering everyone. But now his son is here and his son is witnessing and discovering who his father is. And that's the coolest fucking part about this goddamn game, my dudes. You have a man who is notoriously known as the God of War who murdered everyone. His father is Zeus. He destroyed all the gods. He's trying to hide from his past while honor his son and the future from his wife. And his son thinks his dad's an asshole who's just being a dick and won't share anything or open up. And in return, his son doesn't know how much his dad loves him. Can you imagine being Kratos and talking to your son and not telling him that he's a god, right? Like, you are a, a, an ambient being, a, one, a, a crazy powerful person, and you sit down with your, your loved one and you say, hey, we are gods. We are, we are invincible to a degree, right? We're, we're definitely uh, more powerful than most people out there. We can't be proudful of our... Of our uh, our accomplishments of who we are and what we do. In the case of Kratos, that's huge. The amount of horror that Kratos has seen over the years would corrupt his son in the slightest. And he tries his best to shield his son from his past transgressions. 
So when you get to the point in the game where he has to take back the Blades of Chaos to accept who his past was and what he's trying to do, it's just that much more encompassing and that much more poetic. One of the coolest things about God of War to me is that the connection between Atreus and Kratos is so genuinely real. You feel it when you're playing the game that these two are trying to love each other. They're trying to connect. They're trying to move on without the woman who was their conduit. Kratos is a man who thought he could never love again, who just murdered everyone, who never thought that he was going to find love and have a family. And he got a family. He got a second chance. And now his wife passed and he has to start over again. Only this time his son is there. He has to teach his son how to be a man in a world full of insane violence. In a world full of Nordic gods and almost all dead Greek gods. There's probably Egyptian gods out there we don't know about too. I would argue that God of War 2018 is probably the best God of War to date. Modern technology aside, this game has a ton of heart, a ton of passion, a ton of care. It feels like a camera. It feels like you're on this cinematic journey. I mean, there's no cuts. There's no cuts. There's no loading screens. There's no fade to black between gameplay or anything like that. I think giving Kratos an axe makes him more realistic. Despite it sounding crazy, right? It makes him seem more realistic when he has an axe in his hand and he's throwing it and using powers to destroy things and, and that kind of stuff versus what it was before with the Blades of Chaos, which is, you know, gigantic set pieces where he's flying in the sky with his blades and spinning and cutting and blood's going everywhere and orbs are bouncing all over the place and combo meters are popping off and it's like, it's, a, it's that Marvel vs. Capcom appeal where the more crazy you do, the more you're fulfilled. But this game goes for realism. It goes for the true story. It goes exactly where it needs to, which is the truth of what Kratos is. You know, I was reading a little blurb on the Wikipedia page about God of War that I wanted to share with you guys. It's, a, it's specifically about the characterization of Kratos. It says that uh, during early development, there was a talk of having different protagonists in the game and different protagonists overall. Some of the team at uh, Santa Monica Studios said that Kratos was annoying and felt that Kratos' story had run its course. But I guess Corey really wanted to keep Kratos, and it's, he said it took a lot of convincing. And referencing the Nintendo character Mario in the Mario games, Balrog said that, Mar like Mario, Kratos is intrinsically tied to the God of War series. In regards to the new changes, Balrog also said... I knew I didn't want to simply reboot the franchise. Starting over with a retelling of the origin story, I wanted to reimagine the gameplay, give players a fresh perspective, and a new tactile experience while delving deeper into the emotional journey of Kratos to explore the compelling drama that unfolds when an immortal demigod makes a decision to change. Barlog explained that Kratos had to change his cycle of violence and learn to control his rage. Kratos had made many bad decisions, which led to the destruction of Olympus, he wanted to know what would happen if Kratos made a good decision. The birth of Cory's own son influenced the idea of Kratos' character change. Oh, I didn't know this. I didn't know this. I listened to this. This is crazy. The canceled live-action Star Wars television series was also an influence. The bond between Kratos and his son is at the heart of the game. Balrog said this game is about Kratos teaching his son how to be a god and teaching and his son teaching Kratos how to be human again. Fuck me. That's exactly what I just said in my own few words, I feel. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> And I think that kind of correlates to my earlier conversation about my life in YouTube, right? 
Referencing the Marvel Comics character the Hulk, Barog said that in regards to Kratos, we've already told the story of the Hulk. We want to tell the story of Bruce Banner now. One of their goals was to make Kratos a more nuanced, interesting character. In changing the narrative focus, they inherently knew the franchise needed to evolve in that emotional beat and something meatier for the older generation of gamers. I think I've talked long enough about God of War and my own nepotism for one day, so why don't we go to the Discord and really dive into what you guys had to say about God of War and just other things overall. So user Dune Dunui, Dunii, Dunii, I ruined your name, I'm so sorry, D-U-N-I-Y. They said, I just listened to the newest podcast. I loved it, thank you. So for God of War, I have a few questions. Do you wish there were more obvious references or even more sly references? Who is your favorite addition to this new game of the series? How much did this one leave you wanting more compared to the other games? Lastly, was this your favorite God of War game in the series? And then they also wrote, uh, I know this is selfish to ask, but do you plan on completing God of War Chains of Olympus still? I only asked because my first experience with the series and made me fall in love with the games. Keep doing what you're doing, Mr. Completionist. Thank you. Well, thanks for the question. It's funny because, like I said earlier, it's the only one that's left. So let me see if I can tackle this uh, bit by bit. Uh, do I wish there was more obvious references or even more sly references in God of War? Not necessarily. I think we got exactly enough what we needed to know about the God of War games previous to the experience of Kratos and everything going on, right? We obviously didn't know 100% from the narrative side of God of War what Kratos' relationship was with Zeus. We didn't really hear much about the essence of him murdering his his wife and son as much as we have in the previous series. And it's mostly because that's what the previous games were about almost entirely. So we didn't really get to go on that journey for the newer players. But it did almost feel like a little thread that Atreus was slightly pulling throughout the game, which I really dug. So when those moments took place where Kratos and Atreus got into conflict, it just made so much more sense as you the player are participating because you know what happened and you know what what to expect from it all how much does this one leave me wanting more compared to other games i think i've never been more excited for another god of war game i think when the game ended it felt like i was closing a book and i felt fantastically into what i just experienced i thought it was really cool to just go oh man look at all the cool things that i did today and yes, this was my favorite God of War, hands down. I think it's fantastic. It's brilliant. I think everyone should play it. I think if you play the other games first, you, you'll appreciate the story more and the gameplay way more too. And yes, I will do God of War Chains of Olympus sometime in the future. Thank you for your question and statement. Uh, Asian Inquisition said, I just started playing the new God of War, but I have a question. What is the next mythology that you'd like to see in the God of War series to explore? I think I said this earlier in, in the podcast today. I'd love to go to Egypt. I'd love to see... Kratos fight the Pharaoh um, and, and Anubis and that kind of stuff. Um, Hamanoptera. Yo, the mummy versus Kratos. Let's see it. I'm so ready. Nightshade said, personally, I was never really interested into the God of War franchise. Never appealed to me and never really cared about Kratos as a character. With that said, the new God of War is the one that I was genuinely interested in giving a fair chance. The change in mood and the depth they gave Kratos, who is older and a father and who's trying to move on while still dealing with everything he's done in the past, made it more palatable. In the end, I haven't played it myself yet because too many games, but given the chance, I would still give this one a shot. Also, shout out to Christopher Judge for his performance as Kratos. I agree, Christopher Judge is brilliant. 
You should definitely give it a shot, my dude. You'll be surprised how wonderful the game is and the journey you go on. I still get chills thinking about it all the time. So Flaming Ninja said, God of War, what a game, man. Gameplay and Valkyrie fights were fantastic. Armor and leveling systems felt fantastic. Story, absolutely amazing. I can't think of anything bad to say about this game. I agree. The focus on the father-son dynamic was one of the best choices of this game. Having Kratos trying to shield his past from Atreus and what Atreus may become for the majority of the game, only to have that backfire and almost lose his son over what it was. So let me try this again, Bradley. The focus on father and son was one of the best choices the game has made. Having Kratos trying to shield his past from Atreus and what Atreus may become from the majority of the game, only to have that backfire and almost lose his son over it was one of the most impactful moments in the game. During this, you can feel the pain and regret Kratos has as he does whatever it takes to help his son, which leads him to literally digging up his past. It's story moments like this that really push this game beyond your average game. Side note, if you ever have two hours to spare, I would highly recommend watching the documentary for the game, Raising Kratos, you won't regret it. I highly recommend it, I've seen it, you all should too. It's free on YouTube, it's fantastic. So two questions for Gerard. First, the possibility of Kratos to go to other mythologies, would you like to see that explored in the future games? Would you rather have the conclusion of Kratos in this mythos, which looks like the direction they're gonna be taking the story? Second, what story beats hit you the most? Ooh, what story beat hit you the most? That's great. Well. I think I just said, obviously, I'd love to go to Egypt, but I think I'd love to figure out what's going on with the Nordic gods. We have, we had so little time with the gods this time around, which is so, so much like the original God of War game. I'm so excited to see what happens, right? We had allusions to the gods, some showed up every now and then, but really it was mostly one Titan and Ares that we got to experience in God of War 1. So I'm really stoked to see I love that they're really hinting at Ragnarok. You know, they keep talking about Ragnarok and the reset of the world and how it's going to be crazy and, and decimate everything. But I think the best part about the idea of Ragnarok coming is that Kratos is now involved, which means that Kratos is more likely Ragnarok. Like, obviously, that's what we're aiming towards is that Kratos is going to be very much the true underlining as to why we see so much chaos happening. What story beat hit you with uh, hit you the most? Uh, I think there's two. I think the first one that really resonates with me is the moment where Kratos grabs the the blades of chaos and unwraps them from from the sheath of of, of the uh, the towel, if you will, or, or the 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 rags, just because uh, him looking at those at the blades, you just. Look, it's, it's hard to explain. So, as a young actor growing up in the acting space, trying to make it out there in the world, one of my favorite things to do in scene work is to work with an actor who doesn't always tell me what they're doing all the time with regards to a scene work. So, in, in scene work, um, in scene work, you have objective A, objective B. You have the two objectives between the two characters. So let's say I am thirsty and uh, the person in this scene uh, wants something from me and they have the last bottle of water in the world. My objective is to get that bottle of water. Their objective is to get what they want from me. 
And so we can do things to to pro provoke and get what we want. Tactics that we can use to achieve our goals. So for instance, uh, the other person could manipulate me. They could charm me. They could belittle me, berate me. They could do different things to make me feel different emotions. And on the other hand, I can do things too to play the scene out the way that I want to. So in basic scene work, that's kind of how a great acting scene can go because there are so many different choices that an actor can make to get what they need in the scene. My favorite moments in God of War, from an acting perspective, were always the scenes, and this is kind of where Kratos goes, where Kratos is staring at an item and you can sense what he wants permeating from what's in his hands. You see him look at those blades. You see him look at his hands. You see him carry the weight of being a father. You see it in his eyes. This is not a real thing. This is a video game. You see him carry the world with him with few words. And Atreus, when they have their conflict, it's the same thing. It's the same shit. The scenes where Kratos sees Atreus disappointed in himself or doing something wrong and, and Kratos is being hard on Atreus and like Kratos puts his hand out there to touch his son and he doesn't. God damn. It is great acting scene work. It is great emotionality. It's great connection. It's all just so fucking fantastic. Ugh. Sorry. I... I, I, I I miss the acting bug a lot, as you can tell. I used to be a, a hardcore actor and, and, and talking about the minutia of all that process. It's just one of my favorite things. Uh, so Asian Inquisition finally went ahead and said they didn't finish the game, but what they played was great. Additional questions. What mechanic would you like to have seen changed about the game? I personally the camera was too close and I felt claustrophobic playing the game. What mythological creature would you like to fight in God of War? In a similar vein, what mythological weapon would you like to see most in the next God of War? Well, I think it's... I think we all can kind of say fairly that at this point, the fact that Thor appears towards the end of the game and he's got the hammer, that's really hype. I'm excited for that. I don't really know if I am a huge fan of the the Nordic mythos to know all the, all the animals, per se. Um all the mythological beings and creatures. I I'm definitely way more versed in Greek mythology versus Nordic. I'd love to see more lore of the Valkyries. I'd love to see their, their you know, their mounts and, and, and the horses and stuff. Like, I'd love to see um, overall just, like, evil. I love seeing, I love seeing heroic characters or tragic characters face surmountable walls of evil and going, let's do this. That's basically what God of War is to a nutshell. Anyways, guys, this was one this was one podcast that a lot of you all uh I don't know are going to judge the shit out of me. This was a weird one. I totally get it, but I appreciate your time. I hope you all enjoyed this scatterbrain head of mine. Yeah, guys, uh another episode of the Complete This Game podcast. If you Want to join the conversation? Head over to the Discord um, over on the Patreon. We have—I'll uh, be announcing the new game in the Patreon very, very soon. So, guys, thank you all for listening to my crazy ramble today. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and if you don't, that's okay. Uh, I just wanted a time for me to be human, 
And what better time to be human than with God of War? All right, guys. You're all awesome. I'll talk to you all soon. Take it easy.